I remember walking home the back way, the, where I worked was way down on Higgins, Higgins and May, somewhere in there. And I was walking home alone, and that was unusual because I usually walked with friends. And I went past the Grain Exchange Building, and that was the recruiting office. And I don't know, I didn't give it any thought. I just turned in, I guess, just to find out what was what. And there was a really nice girl in uniform at the desk. And I told her that I came in to find out about joining up. And she said, well, just a moment, there's an officer here who'll speak to you. So I waited and I went in and there was a really even nicer woman officer in there. And uh, so she asked me why I was interested in, you know, joining up. They, they wanted you badly. And uh, I said, well, you know, my grandparents came from the British Isles and they're having such an awful time over there. I feel that if I joined up, maybe I could help in some way here because I heard that they needed women to replace men that were doing the same jobs here. And those men could go overseas, you know, things like mechanics and reception and typists and stuff like that. So she wrote out a bunch of my qualifications, like my grade education and could I type? This always made a big impression, if you could type. <laughs> so um, that was fine. I could, um, they didn't even give me a medical. I think they gave, I can't even remember. I think she just asked me if I had any medical problems. And I said, no, I didn't, you know. And, but I don't recall ever having a medical. Um, and then she said, well, we have a draft going out in two weeks or something, or rather, would you be ready to go then? And I said, sure, that was great. This was about maybe July. And, um, she said, well, you have to bring in your, uh, ration book and your birth certificate. And my heart just absolutely stopped because I was lying about my age. You know, you had to be 18 to go in, and I had told her I was 18. And I went home and I thought, well, I'll never get away with this, you know. They're going to put me in jail. <laughs> anyway, I, uh, I thought about it for two or three days, and I thought, well, you know, I might as well confess. Otherwise, you're going to hunt me down when it comes to the <laughs> time to go. <clears throat> anyway, and she'd give me a list of what to take. And I did know a girl who had been in school with me, and she was in the Air Force, and she, I wrote to her, and she wrote back and said, bring clothes hangers. They don't have clothes hangers here. That's the most important thing to bring, and warm pajamas, because it's cold in the barracks, and they don't give you much. When, it's, when, when it gets cold, you will be cold. Anyway, I went back to the Air Force, and I said, I have to speak to the recruiting officer and I'm on the draft for whatever date it was so I had to wait for a while she had somebody in there and I went in and and I said to her I have to confess to you but I lied and she said what's the problem and I said well I'm only 17 and she said when will you be 18 and I said on October the 12th and she flipped a calendar and she said you know that'll work out just perfectly we have a draft going out on October the 12th 
and she smiled at me and said thank you so much for coming in and not having put us to any more trouble because we hadn't gone that far in the paperwork for the draft you were slated to go on. So come in and check with me, you know, a couple of weeks before then and make sure you still feel the same way. And I went back to see her and she was nicer every time. <laughs> and uh, so um, I forgot. We, I remember showing up at the train station. I don't remember my mother taking me or anything. And there were about maybe three dozen of us, all assorted shapes and sizes, but all about 18. I don't remember very much about it, except that it was pretty exciting to get on a train because I'd never been on a real train except the beach train to go up to Grand Beach, you know. Um, and I had a suitcase. <laughs> and um, I think the oldest girl on the draft was 23, and she came from Saskatoon. Her name was Lorraine Remy, and I really liked her. And somehow or other, she and I got paired up, which suited me just fine. And um, they put the girls in compartments on the train because it was all men except for like the train had come from Vancouver so there was there were girls from, in major cities they'd stop and pick up drafts of men and women but mostly women that I saw because they kept just kind of strictly away from the men <laughs> um, and the women had compartments which was really elegant two women to a compartment and we had a very nice short uh, service policeman who looked at each end of the car to make sure that when you were coming through that car, you had a good reason to be going through that car. And the one we had was really good because we were on the train from uh, the evening, all that night, the next day, the next night, and then the next morning we arrived in Ottawa. And he was very good, this one service policeman, and he told us that if we left to leave our doors open, you know, so we could visit back and forth, all the women. And uh, once when we went in for lunch or something, we got paired up with two airmen who were drafted. They were still in there, everybody in civilian clothes still. And uh, <clears throat> we started talking about how boring it was, you know, we didn't have anything more to read and there wasn't anything like transistor radios or anything. And one of them said, well, do you want to play cards? And we said, where would we play cards? Well, let's see if we could find a place to play cards. So we talked to the service policeman on our car, and he said, if you leave the door open, and there was a table down that you could pull down in the compartment, he said, you can play cards in there. And I had never played cards in my life before. And this gambling bit, you know, we were playing for nickels. And so they taught me this game, and I made a lot of money. <laughs> and um, we got to be pretty good about this business, about traveling back and forth from Halifax to home or, or Halifax to Montreal, or, or any time you were on a train, about getting to be really friendly with the service policeman and getting him to leave the door open. And we even got so good that... The, we could sneak beer onto the train 
and get ice from the porter and put it in the sink and fill the sink with beer bottles and so we could have a beer. Not enough, you know, but one beer was like, we thought we were really bad <laughs> have a beer. Anyway, um, once we got to Ottawa, which was a really dark train station, and it was my first ride on a steak truck, and I certainly got used to riding on steak trucks because they never seemed to have anything like bustles. So we all piled onto the steak truck, and, and uh, there were benches along the side. And if you're lucky, you got to sit on a bench. Otherwise, you stood in the middle and hung on to the stakes on the roof because the truck was covered with canvas. And um, they took us straight to the barracks. And I, it was, they were H huts shaped in the shape of an H. And the crossbar in the H was the washrooms. And um, those barracks were pretty nice and had strict orders not to bring any food in because there were a lot of mice around. <laughs> they didn't want any mice in there. But Manning Depot was really hard and everybody was absolutely scared stiff. I don't think anybody slept a wink the first night. I didn't sleep the first night I was on the train, and I was feeling pretty crummy the next day. But it was too exciting, you know? Um, you didn't want to go to sleep. I mean, you had your windows up, your shades up, and, and it was night, but it was a full moon, and you're all going along the north shore of the Great Lakes, and you could see all these great rocks, and I had never seen anything like that. Prairie Girl? Farthest I'd ever been is Laurier, Manitoba. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, then we had to go for, um, I guess the first thing we got was a medical. And the girls who were in the squadron ahead of us teased the life out of us. They said, in the mess, they said to us, oh, the medicals are just terrible. I mean, you line up in this great big lineup in the rec hall, and they put you up on a table and they put your feet way up in stirrups like this without your pants. And really just scared the devil out of you, you know? And uh, then um, you'd have to take your tops off and they looked at your boobs. <laughs> and I, everybody was terrified about this medical thing. Well, the medical thing was a real joke. We just lined up and there was uh, two chairs and two nurses and two and there were two lineups and you sat in the chair and the nurse went through your hair looking for mechanized dandruff. <laughs> and the other and then they looked in your throat to see if it was red. And I think they examined your back and your chest as much as you could open your top to see if you had a rash. And they listened to your lungs. And they looked at your feet to see if you had flat athlete's foot. We must have had a medical in Winnipeg that I don't remember because you couldn't get in with flat feet. And I don't see how they would get you all the way there and turn you back. But anyway, um, that was the medical. And I couldn't believe it. I, I, you know, stood up out of the chair and then 
turned the corner to go into another room thinking, well, okay, here comes the bad part. And I was outside. <laughs> and all the girls are standing around out there just killing themselves, laughing, looking at everybody coming out and going, <laughs> Then we got fitted for our uniforms and that was really cool. I mean, to be in uniform for the first time was wonderful. But part of the uniform was your phys ed uh, shorts, uh, just a short sleeve cotton shirt and runners, sneakers. And, you know, not what we would wear now. I mean, no such thing as art sports or anything. <clears throat> but the drill was that you got up in the morning, the reveille sounded like at six. And you had to pull your bed back to air it out and open the windows and run. That was the thing. You ran, well, you, yeah, you could brush, go to the toilet and brush your teeth. But that was as far as you went. And then you ran all the way to the rec hall. And it was quite a run. And then when you got there, you did, you know, like, um, what do you call it? Jumping jacks and running on the spot and, you know, a few other things. But it was hard. And then you ran all the way back. And people didn't take showers every day there. I mean, there were only maybe six showers and there I don't know I'm trying to I was trying to think how many girls would be in one of these buildings and it would be about 20 40 60 80 about in a building with about four or six shower stalls and two bathtubs and you could never get into a bathtub a lot of these girls had never seen showers I had never seen a shower and so a bathtub it was and a few wanted a bath, you lined up. And you know, that could take the better part of a, an evening for you to line up to get it. And you had to scrub the bathtub afterwards. But anyway, um, it was all um, pit washes is what we called them, you know. Up as far as possible, down as far as possible, and then you did possible. And you very, you very soon got to know that you could be, uh, there was no such thing as modesty in um, the washrooms where the sinks were and uh, but once you left that washroom you were covered I mean you, there was no such thing as seeing girls walking around in pants and bra or well, the girls didn't like it I mean they wanted you covered up in a house coat everybody had a house coat or a duster that they brought from home um, so we were really fairly modest and and young, you know. Um, then what happened? Oh yeah, then we learned to march, you know, and um, we got lectures and stuff. And then we had an IQ test, and that was a really big deal. And uh, we went into this like a huge schoolroom, and uh, they gave you an IQ test on mechanics, which I failed completely. I mean, I didn't know. If thing about <laughs> physics or mechanics or anything and then there was one about medical things well I didn't know anything about that and um, and then they gave you a secretarial one and then they gave you one a general knowledge thing 
um, history of Canada, that sort of thing. And uh, like they had never asked for your high school marks or anything, so they were testing you themselves. And I can't really remember how the questions went, but this general one I know took a long time. That was a lot of pages. <clears throat> and then after that, we were there for six weeks. For two weeks we were in quarantine. We weren't allowed to, you know, have any contact with any other squadron. And I think there were about five squadrons of women on the station at that time going through through the various um, things. And um, we had your shots. Everybody got shots. And the hardest one of all was a TABT, which included a thyroid shot, which made your arm so sore that you could hardly move it. And you were told that the best thing for you to do to stop it from hurting was to scrub your floor space that night. So everybody got hold of buckets and brushes and we got down on our hands and knees and you know your floor space around your bunk was definitely marked off and you really scrubbed it and they came in and looked to make sure you were doing it. I don't think that really helped your arm from being sore. My arm was sore than ever. <laughs> um, and making it, they gave you lessons in how to make your bunk and that was very particular and it had to be exactly tight across the top. So every once a week, two officers came through with white gloves and they went along the top of your bunk and the top of your cupboard and that we were told that they would flip a coin on your bed and if it didn't bounce. I don't know what happened. Oh yeah, you were put on something or other. And at one time at Manning Depot, I don't know what I did that was wrong, something. And uh, oh, probably caught with food in the barracks because I used to bring chocolate bars in. <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, then you were given the job of cleaning the washrooms. Oh, and that was awful job to get down and scrub around the toilets and terrible. <laughs>